You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about Grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. All right, so, so next week we're going, to talk about the, the, we're going to talk about the how, okay? Next week we're going to talk specifically about how we apply some of these acts, acts principles into our lives through the church here. But before we talk about the, the how, I want to talk about the why and the what. Because I think in Acts, there is such a focus on the why and the what. And if you don't know the why and the what, then the how doesn't really make any difference to you, right? We spend a lot of time trying to tell people how to do things. But if you don't know why you're doing it and what you're really doing, like what's the heart behind it, then, then you're never going to get it. But in Acts, they had an incredible focus on the what and the why. Acts uh, 1 verse 8, it said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, so right there, Jesus tells them their why and their what. Well, what, what are they going to do? They're going to be the witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So they are going to tell the world the story of Jesus Christ. And why are they going to do that? Because they have power in them. But why else are they going to do that? Because they have seen something. Why does any witness testify? Any witness testifies because a higher authority says, I want you to tell this story, right? Any witness testifies so that those people who are judging the situation can decide whether or not it's true. And so because we have seen what we have seen, because we have encountered this risen Christ, because we have had our lives transformed, we are going to tell people what we have seen. And the story they're going to tell is of a God who died on the cross, came to life, and save the world. And they will be witnesses to this. And this is what they do. And when you know what you exist to do and you know why you exist to do it, the how really becomes kind of clear, doesn't it? I mean, when you understand your core mission in life, then the things you do, that they begin to fall into place. If I know where I'm going, how I get there really comes into place. If I don't know where I'm going, or what I'm going there for, then the how is confused. If I know what I'm baking, then what I put in the bowl makes a difference, right? Y'all with me? This is real simple. If I know what I'm growing, then the seeds I plant, I'm a farmer, y'all know that, the seeds I plant <laughs> make a difference. And so the why and the what of their lives is clear because they knew what they existed to do. And, and they knew that, that the body, the whole body, all these Christians, they all had an, a, a why and a what. They knew what they were grafted into this family to do. And each individual member of the body knew what it was supposed to do. See, when the whole body knows where it's going, it's easy for you to know where you're going if you're part of the body. Does that make sense? Like, if the, if the, if the face thinks it's running a race, it doesn't work if the leg thinks it's bird watching or something. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't work. Like the whole body needs to know where the whole body, can you imagine your, th your face thinks you're running a race, but your neck thinks you're doing something different? Y'all with me on this? Am I making this obvious? Y'all ever play Twister? Right? If the right foot thinks it's going to green and the red, I mean, it gets confusing, right? So the whole body needs to know where the whole body's going. And so they all understood it. But within the whole body, like the whole body knows it's going. The whole body knows it's going to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. But within the body, individual body parts also had a specific role to play. So if the whole body knows it's running a race, the toe still needs to know its individual job, right? 
I mean, it, it, the toe knows it's right, but it needs to know what part it plays in the body. And what we're going to see today is Paul understood the mission of the body, but he also understood his individual mission inside of the body. Acts 9.15. It says, remember, Paul knew his purpose. His reason for being was clear. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man, Paul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I just realized I'm forgetting to pause. So y'all can find, yes, thank you. Where were y'all when I started the message? You could have reminded me at the beginning. All right, Acts 13. Acts 13, 47. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the furthest corners of the earth. Okay, y'all go ahead and flip to Philippians 3, 3, and I'll get there in a second. All right, so Paul knew his role. Paul knew exactly what he was supposed to do. And just, I want you guys thinking about this thought. Imagine the freedom in your life when you know exactly what your life is created to do. Imagine the way you order your priorities. Imagine the way you spend your day. Imagine all, I mean, everything falls into place if you understand your place in the kingdom of God. When you know your role, oh, this is a good one. I just made this up. This is good. Wait, wait, wait. wait. If you know your role, then you know how to roll. Was that good? I, I feel like I should see more people writing. Okay, okay, listen, listen so this is how Paul, in Ephesians 3, <laughs> in Ephesians 3, Paul describes his role, Ephesians 3, 1. It says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, by the way, raise your hand if you're a Gentile. Good job. You all are. Are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I'm less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things." His intent that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his earthly according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, don't be discouraged because of my sufferings. Okay, what Paul says is in that whole, he says, I am very clear on what I was intended to do. I know my mission. My mission is to make known the mystery of Christ to non-Jewish people, to Gentiles. My mission is so clear, and I'm a prisoner for this. Like, when, he, when he's writing Ephesians, he's a literal prisoner. And he's like, I understand I'm a prisoner for this, but it doesn't matter. Don't worry about my sufferings. Don't worry about anything. As long as I am doing what I was created to do, then I will find joy. And the way Paul looked at life was he was going to do his mission no matter what. But he could do that because his mission was clear. Paul had a big mission, and that was to, to preach the good news, to bring it to the Gentiles. And the way Paul sort of summarized this mission, his big why, his big what, was to get to Rome. 
And you're going to read that in Acts. Paul is constantly trying to get to Rome because Rome is the symbol of his mission. If you get to Rome, you get to the world. If you want to spread the gospel to the Gentiles, the best way to do it is to get to Rome. And why is that? Because where do all roads lead, guys? Rome. You know why this saying exists? Because there was a, there was a road system in Rome called, you're not going to believe this, the Roman road. They, they had a committee decide that. A lot of taxpayer dollars. But like, so, so the Roman road system would reach out to the whole world. And so if you could get to the Gentiles in Rome, then you could win the Gentiles everywhere. If you, if you could be a witness to the Gentiles in Rome, then you could get to Gentiles all over the world. So Paul's big why, his big what, is Rome. Now he understands the body mission. The big body mission is, is to preach the gospel, the good news to everyone all around the world. But his job, his toe, his toe job inside of that is to get to Rome. Are you with me? Y'all with me? All right, so that's what's going on right here. Paul understands what he is called to do. Acts 20. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Because Paul understands his mission in life, everything in his mind is changed. He's like, I, I only have one thing I exist to do. This is it. I must get to Rome. I have my thing. And there's going to be problems and there's going to be issues. But Paul did not believe his God-given call was conditional. I think this is where a lot of us miss the mark. God calls us to do something, and then it gets complicated. And I'm willing to say this, anyone who's ever done anything substantial for the kingdom, you, you encountered a few complications, didn't you? It got a little dicey along the way, didn't it? But Paul did not believe this God-given call, this God-given purpose was conditional. I'm going to show one more verse from Acts. And then, so they're, going, uh, to, they're trying to get to Jerusalem because he's got to go to Jerusalem before he gets to Rome. But the end goal is to get to Rome. And they encounter this prophet. And the prophet speaks to them in Acts 21.10. Apparently this was a reliable source. And it said this. And this is Acts 21.10. Pause. Go ahead. After we had been there, by the way, do y'all see that second word in that? What's the second word in that sentence? We. we. I want y'all just to notice something cool real quick. Luke is writing this book, okay? It's been they. You see a switch? Luke is no longer writing about things he heard about. Luke is there. Okay, so now he's writing about things he experienced. Isn't that cool? He switched from they to we because Luke is now living in the story himself, which I just think is a really cool part of the story. After we had been there for a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands with feet, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owners of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. We heard this, and the people there pleaded with Paul, Don't go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said the Lord's will be done. Paul's trying to get to Rome, but he's got to go through Jerusalem to get there. His, his, big, his big picture. And this prophet says, hey, listen, you don't understand. When you get to, to Rome, the Gentiles are going to bind you. 
Like you're, you're going to end up in Roman prisons. And Paul says, I do not care what is going to happen to me because I have a God-given mission and my entire life revolves around this and you will not talk me out of it. This is what I was created to do and I will do it regardless of what happens to me. Gosh, I love that, man. And the setbacks didn't take away his obedience because it wasn't conditional. And Paul understands his purpose. He understands what he's doing. He understands his job for the kingdom. And, and, it, and it's like, if there's setbacks, he rolls around. You're gonna, I hope guys read Acts because the Holy Spirit like redirects them all the time. The how of what he does, it changes because God says, no, not this way, do it this way. But the why and the what remain consistent in the life of Paul. He has a mission to do, and he knows the big picture, and he knows what his Rome is, and he knows who he is and why he is. And I wonder week after week, like how many of us know that? How many of us that call ourselves Christians and, and we come to this place, do we really know what we exist to do? As a matter of fact, my question for you today is this. Do you know your Rome? Do you know what you exist to do? Do you know your identity? I know the big picture, everyone needs Jesus and everyone's our responsibility. That's really just a rewrite of be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Samaria until the ends of the earth. That wasn't original. We stole that from them. That's 3,000 years old, right? The big body is to be a witness in the world. Do you know your role inside of that? Do you know what you do? Do you understand your form and your function so that the body can move down the road? Do you know your story? Do you have a story? You know how many people I talk to and are like, man, I don't have a story. I, or I've got a story, but I, you know, I can't share that story or whatever. I don't have a story. you got a story. I, I, let me tell you this. If you don't think you have a story, then go get saved. Because the king of the universe died on a cross to save your life, and that is the best story the world will ever hear from you. I think we think we got to build our testimony, right? I remember my, my brother Jeff, when, when I was not a pastor, he would always say, well, you're really building a heck of a testimony out there, Tommy. <laughs> the truth is the story of for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. That's better than any story you have. And if that's the only story you have, that God died on a cross to resurrect you, then that's a good story that the world needs to hear. You have a story. You have a, and you have a story that you can tell. Now, I know you've got other stories, and not everybody needs to know all your other stories. I get that. I tell you all that all the time. Not everybody all the time. But everybody needs to know this one, that the king of the universe died on a cross to save your soul. That is a story worth telling. Do you know your Rome, guys? Do you know what you exist to do? We have people back there working with kids right now. For someone, their Rome is to sit in a room with your third grader. So glad that's not mine, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm glad it's somebody's. For somebody, their Rome was when you walked in, they opened the door for you. And you don't even understand how important that is in the kingdom of God. For somebody, their Rome was going out Friday night and serving homeless people in the streets and feeding people. For somebody, their Rome is going to the women's shelter. For somebody, their Rome is walking beside broken people to help them experience the glory of God. For somebody, their Rome is playing a guitar and somebody's Rome is playing the bass. But if you don't know your Rome, you know what you'll do? Guess. This is, this is another really good one that I just came up with. Guess what you'll do if you don't know your Rome? You'll just roam around, right? <laughs> That's all you'll ever do. There's no focus in your life if you don't know your Rome. 
And if you don't know it, this is the, if you don't know it, it's because you haven't had the guts to ask him for it. That's the truth. If you don't know it, it's because you haven't been brave enough to fall on your face and say, God, what is my Rome? Listen, I, I'm, I, I wrote something. I want y'all to hear this. When I first, when God first called me to be a pastor, I was, uh, I was far from Rome. And like, but, but I knew what he told me to do. And I wrote this in my Bible. It said, God, you have blessed my life and you will use me to change the world. Thank you for my calling. If you stand with me, I will fear nothing and I will go where you send me. That, that was the big picture. And over time, I figured out what my Rome is. You know what my Rome is? My Rome is you. Because if I can get to you, I can get to them. You're my Rome. That's why I do this. That's why I do this. That's why I, that's why I write messages. And that's why I pray about it. And that's, this is my Rome. You are my Rome. Because if we can get to this room, then this room can get to the world. If, if we can convince you of the truth of Jesus Christ and his love for you, if we can convince you that you are forgiven and chosen and sacred, then you can convince the world. But you must have a Rome too because I might get to you, but I cannot get to them. You can. You can. Guys, we have a big purpose here. Everyone needs Jesus and everyone's our responsibility and we get that. That's where the body's going and we see that. But what's your part? What's your part? What are you doing here? And I hope it's not just coming in and sitting and listening to me. Because that's not sufficient. There's got to be more. What's your role? Do you know it? What can you do? Here's, here's, the, here's the only three questions you have to answer. What do I have? What does he say? And what do they need? And you've all got something. And we need it all. We need the prayer warriors. We need the people who cooked. Guys, we, we had a funeral here. We had a funeral here Saturday. And most of these ladies didn't know the lady who had passed. You didn't know the woman who was here as her daughter. You didn't know them. And you know what you did? You showed up. And you prepared a place so that the outside world felt welcome in here. Do you have a role in this house? And I was talking about not, not everybody's on the stage. Because can you imagine how crowded that would be right now? <laughs> like we wouldn't even be able to see each other. Do you know your role? If not, today as we prepare to receive communion, I'm just going to challenge you to do this. Have the courage to ask him. Have the courage to ask him. Maybe you've been coming here for a long time and you've been watching the show. I'm not saying the show's a bad thing. I'm just saying find your part in it. Find your part in it. Find your part in what God is doing. Find your role here. If you've been here for more than about six or eight months, I want to tell you something, and I want to say this as nice as I can. You are no longer a guest. Right? <laughs> you're, no longer, you're no longer just hanging out on mama's couch. It's time to go to work. What are you doing here? What has God created you to do? Perhaps it's time to do it. And I know what you're thinking. I, I can't do what God is calling me to do. Oh, I love that. I love that. Neither can I. But thank God that he gave us something. He gave us something so that we wouldn't have to do it alone. Matter of fact, on the night before he went to the cross, he got in a room with his friends and he offered us something. And what he offered was this. He said, friends, this is my body. And I'm giving it to you. And I want you to take this. And I want you to eat it. And I want you to know that where you go, I am with you. I want you to know that where you go, I, I will give you the words to speak. 
What you will do, I'll, I'll, I'll empower you to do it. I'll bring the people. I'll do, I'll do whatever is necessary. All you have to do is step in belief. And then after the supper was over, he offered a cup. And he said, this is my blood. And he said, I know what you're thinking, guys. You're thinking your past disqualifies you from what next. But that's not true. Your past is simply a beautiful part of my story. My blood is sufficient for your redemption. My blood is sufficient for the forgiveness of your sins. This, my blood, this is your story. Take it and drink, all of you. I give you this. As often as you do this, you remember me. Remember who I am. And when you truly know who I am, then you will truly know who you are. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.